The Tech Qualified Podcast is dedicated to providing B2B technology marketers with access to real-world case studies and best practices. We interview industry leaders to uncover what's working in the world of B2B technology marketing. If you're wondering how you can position your technology company as the choice in the marketplace, then follow along as we go on this journey together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tech Qualified. I'm your host, Tristan Pellegrino. Today's episode is brought to you by Motion, a marketing agency that focuses on the strategy and development of thought leadership programs for B2B technology companies. My guest today is Adam Lambert, the Senior Content and Digital Marketing Manager at Calendly. Adam, thanks for joining me today. Nice to talk with you, Tristan. All right. Let's start with a little introduction. Can you share some information about your background in B2B tech marketing space and what you're up to now with Calendly? Yeah, yeah, you got it. So I came to SaaS marketing by way of consumer packaged goods. I actually worked at agencies for quite a few years, sold everything from gardening shears to, to bourbon and did some freelance work with some SaaS companies, some really smaller SaaS companies. And I, I liked the problems I was able to solve for them just because I had this expertise in context and decided a few years ago for my career, I was going to head out to Utah, the Silicon Slopes, they call it out there. And there's a lot of these tech companies cro- cropping up and really found a great mentor out there, learned from him and then have decided to pick a great product um, to work for. And I've been working for Calumly here in their headquarters in Atlanta for about five months now. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Adam, we've actually had some folks from the Silicon Slopes and it was a term that I wasn't completely familiar with until we had some of those folks on and talked about it. But yeah, thriving community, it sounds like in, in Utah. It's great. It's a really interesting place. And like how it came to be is really interesting. There's a big NSA, a national security agency hub out there. So there's a lot of senior engineering talent and some savvy folks um, with some bank accounts decided let's use this talent when they're not working for the NSA anymore and make some software companies. And boy, did they go up fast. So it's amazing out there. I would encourage folks to see what's happening with the Utah's tech community. It's one of the best in the nation right now. Yeah, very nice. Let's get into, for the folks that aren't aware of Calendly, can you tell us about the ideal customer profile? And there might be more than one and how Calendly helps them. Yeah, of course. There is more than one. And we're really not shy about those at Calendly. We want to help the most people we can help. So if you were to go to Calendly.com slash solutions, those are our ideal customer profiles laid out there. We have sales and marketing and and recruiting is a big one. Education is a big one. Freelancers is another. But generally, we find ourselves as a company working with sales and marketing organizations and recruiting organizations within larger B2B deals. All right. Sounds good. And for folks, I'm a big fan and a big user of Calendly. I'm I'm very familiar with how it works. But for our audience that might not be aware of how uh, a sales and marketing team would use Calendly, can you talk about how that fits within uh, their toolbox there? Sure. Yeah. I should just say exactly kind of what Calendly is. So Calendly just helps you schedule meetings outside your own organization. We're in a space now where all those meetings are being held in a virtual space. And Calendly is really fortunate and to have these integrations with tools like Zoom and and GoToMeeting and Google Hangouts or previously Hangouts, now Google Meet. 
But yeah, Calendly just puts that on autopilot. It connects to your own calendar. You set the terms and your own availability, and it allows the scheduler to choose and take times that work for you on your calendar. So as far as helping sales and marketing organizations, it's really big for outreach. Who's interested? Who actually wants to take a step uh, in the purchasing direction or learning about my product? As far as recruiters go, I would say it's chiefly those meetings you have to set along the way that all the interview scheduling that has to happen, whether it's on-site, off-site, or something in between. I'd say it serves a lot of these different um, ideal customer profiles. Those are the two big ones, though. Yeah, and we've all, as marketers, we've been in that loop where you, you just can't find a time to meet and you're going back and forth through email. And I know for us, Emotion, my business partner and I, for sure, and we're setting up sales meetings or even uh, on the client side. It just, it really helps to just cut down that back and forth, which a lot of times, the amount of times you go back and forth, you, you may have missed a few meeting times that work for both of you, ironically. Yeah, um, I think a lot of business professionals don't realize how much time they spend doing that sort of admin work of just emailing people back and forth. So we can automate something like that. We've had people say it saved 20% of the time they were spending at work. And that's crazy. Like, yeah. It makes me so happy to give people back that time. I don't care whether they use it for work or something else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then some folks on the executive side, sometimes they have a, a dedicated person that's just doing that. And sure. if you use a tool like Calendly, you can shift those resources to some other priorities. So that's the other piece of it too. Tell us, Adam, with your primary role within Calendly, I know you're, you're relatively new there. It was at the beginning of the year, I believe. It is. I started in January. Okay. Can you talk about the structure of your marketing team to just help paint a picture for the audience as far as how that's comprised? Yeah, of course. So our marketing team's quite small. Calendly has actually been a product-led uh, company till very recently, and, and that's a very good thing. It's worked out very well. But I think we're hitting a point now where we want to do some more outreach, some more outbound marketing. So I would say we cover three core competencies in our marketing department at Calendly. First base is obviously product. While they're not under the umbrella of marketing, we do have content people and writers that work just with product, right? We want people who are navigating our tool to be able to get around and all the words and all the terms make sense to them. So we have a product marketer, a couple product marketers that work directly with uh, those content folks and with devs and, and engineers. Second base is probably brand, which is just all the things people do think about really quickly, like logo and all the things people don't think about, which is your website experience, the feeling you're trying to make someone have when they use your product and how to continue giving them those rewards. And the third one is comms. Uh, third base is probably just PR and communication, just outbound. What do we sound like? Where do we hang out? And that's generally what I handle at Calendly. All right, great. And, it, and a lot of folks don't think about the fact that content plays a, a huge role in outbound marketing. Sure. And can you talk about that a little bit with your role, spearheading that component, which is relatively new to Calendly? What are some of the things that you had to either learn right away or develop pretty early on to start to kick off some of those campaigns for the company? So I think with outbound marketing, a lot of folks aren't, aren't really aware or it's an afterthought that content plays a big role within outbound communication. Sure. So can you talk about some of the things when you came on board that 
that you had to either create and develop from a content perspective to fuel those campaigns or, or just some information that you had to gather to, to get all that together? Yeah, that's, that's no problem. So as it turns out, because everyone's stuck at home right now, content marketing is the only marketing that's, that's working. So brands who have invested in that are, are really reaping rewards right now. I would say the reason content marketing is important and one of the things I've done at Calendly to try to make sure it bubbles to the top of our list is to templatize things. So as soon as I joined Calendly, I wanted to, let's try to templatize the hero image on our blog. You want to continue that aesthetic, but I don't want to have to go to my graphic designer every time I need that. I should be able to create one on my own. So I would say templatize things. That way you can be consistent. That's the number one thing with content is whether or not you're consistent about putting it out. So you can put out five of the most valuable pieces of content in the history of the internet, and they will go away in five months or a year. Like they just, they can't live forever. So you have to be uh, consistent, even if you're saying the same things over and over again. And the other big piece that I'm working on bringing to the table at Calendly, and I would encourage other B2B marketers to do the same, is to invest in video you should know that the second largest search engine in the world is not Bing or Yahoo, it's YouTube. So when people don't find what they're looking for on Google, they go to YouTube. So you need to be there. And if you do video first, then you can spin other types of content off of it. I can take a conversation like the one you and I are having and get it transcribed, and that's a blog. And then I can write a blog about the most interesting insight from that transcript. I can take 10 transcripts and say, here are the most 10 most interesting insights from the 10 last interviews I've had. So you can just create backwards if you start with video. So that's the other thing I would encourage marketers to do, especially in B2B SaaS. Yeah, definitely. We, we talk about that a lot. We're not doing a, a ton of event-based video content right now, but that's something that we do at Motion quite a bit. And and you're right. If you start with the video content, that interview piece, and we're doing podcasts now, which is not too dissimilar from video. We just don't have the visual component, but we can do that later. But it's you, you have this rich content, an organic conversation, and then you can spin, like you said, all these other different types of, of content out of that one element. And it right. really makes things very efficient because you already have a lot of that material laid out in long form style and you can break it apart. What existed at Cali? So when you came on board, I know Outbound, it seems is a relatively new initiative. What existed at Calendly that was already useful for Outbound? And then what are some of the, the brand new things that, that you look to create? Basically, how did you establish your priorities when you came on board? Sure. That's a great question. So the thing that Calendly did really well when I got there was answer customers' questions. So CS was a really strong and is a really strong department. Customer experience, um, which is a bigger umbrella, is a very strong department at Calendly. So those people knew how to communicate and they had a really good base of resources to answer current customer questions. So I didn't have to spend a lot of time with current customer questions so much as I did introducing people who this tool could be useful for to it. So the opportunities I saw were in video, were talking to folks like you. People are looking for and seeking to learn better ways to do their job or to move up in their job 
or just to be more productive in their work. So I, I just want to introduce people, those type of people who could really use the tool to Calendly. And that's where I saw most of my work happening. So I'm able to prioritize things based on how many folks I think will hear about our tool <laughs> fundamentally. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. And Adam, what are some of the things that you did when you arrived at Calendly to, to get an understanding of all those different customer profiles? Did you just do a lot of research with content that existed? Did you meet with team members? You know, how did you get in tune with the, the folks that you needed to connect with? To be square with you, I, I did. I met with a ton of team members, but that was more of a cultural choice. I want to align myself with the people doing the most at the company and the people who've been there the longest and are experienced. But to really learn the product, I listened to a ton of calls. And that's just what you have to do the first 90 days of any new job. You should just listen to people. You'll figure out, you'll see things that are wrong or that you should fix, and you can't do that right away. But the best way you can learn about your product, how people are using it, where they're feeling frustration, why they do or don't want to buy it, you listen to sales calls, you listen to customer support calls. The more time that you, that's just like watching game film. If you're a NFL quarterback, I need to yeah. know what this defense does. And I need to know how our offense operates when this defense does that. That's just your due diligence of listening to what customers have to say before they've bought and after they're using your product. Yeah, I love that. We've had a couple of folks that some marketing leaders, they're new in their role and, and they've said something very similar where just connecting with customers and, and doing research like that, playing back calls. Some companies have tools in place where they're recorded calls and you can go through and make notes and and analyze the conversation. And then some folks are just literally sitting on some of those sales calls uh, live. But I think that is very important. And, and we hear it often where in order to create content that people want to consume, it's going to help them. You have to understand where your customers and the quickest way to do that is to just listen to what they're saying in real time and connect right away. And that's, it's one of the reasons we do this podcast. We, we try to learn from folks um, and have as many conversations as we can. There's really no substitute for that. Uh, for copywriters, they'll know this AIDA, attention, interest, decision, and action. Content kind of focuses on those last three letters. Copywriting focuses on that first one. So copywriting is to get folks to hear about your product and then the content needs to be there to inform them and help them with your product. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I love that. It's a good way to um, you know, contextualize it all. But yeah, that makes sense. And with those conversations that you went through, Adam, and, and, and learned about, how did you then start to create some of your first pieces of, of content? What are some of the, the things that led to those decisions? Like you mentioned, video was something that you saw a, a major gap there. How did you develop the topics and how is that working right now? I placed bets on the best insights that I learned in my first 60 to 90 days on the job. So I went through and tried to see what the other marketers who were there and the ones who had come before and moved on, what they had done. And one insight I found, which I'm sure this stat has gotten better uh, since it was done about a, a year ago, but I found out that 
86% of SaaS 1000 companies use Calendly. So that's almost nine out of 10. Um, it's a nice figure to, to know. Yeah. Sure, yeah. When you look at the Fortune 100 companies, so the best of the best, 75% of those companies use Calendly. So I, I found out these little insights that marketers who'd come before me had mined for value. And man, that's a really strong argument if you're a VP, why you need this in your tech stack, right? If yeah, nine out sure. of 10 SaaS B2B companies are doing it, and three out of four Fortune 100 companies are doing it, there's something to it. I just wanted to combine those insights and take bigger swings. So I want to put that insight in a video. And I want to talk directly to directors and VPs of marketing and sales when I tell them that stat. So figure out your stats that you'd really go to bat for and then swing. That's what I would say. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and, and sometimes with content, you have to make that best guess and see what works. And it's all about testing too. Here, here's a good idea. It would answer some questions that customers have, but let, let's see if it resonates. And then you can double down on the things that do. So let's talk about, you, you mentioned repurposing. You, you take videos starting there is very helpful because then you can spin out other content. So where do you tend to start? Is it often from video? But let's say you do have a uh, question that you want to answer. It's a common question that you're seeing from customers and, and you feel like you need to develop a piece around that. Do you determine the format first or do you try to start it another way? What is that creative workflow that, that you're using now that's very effective? That's a really good question. It's one that's unique to SaaS. Yes, you have to choose the medium first. It's one of the few cases where you, you shouldn't choose the message First, you have, have to have the medium down because maybe the best way to inform uh, your customers of this new feature or a change is a little red dot. So you, you should never underestimate the power of a small little red dot in your UI. Marketers tend to want to say, yes, the best way to answer this question is with a video or with a new blog and, and sales uh, has their way of doing it. Customer experience has their way of doing it. But you just have to think about the medium and who you're trying to help accomplish what goal. So if it's these specific users, where do they hang out? If the answer is the medium needs to be video, then I have to find their water coolers and I have to go get that video at that, at those places. If it's a thing I can do in the product, I add a little red dot and that's solved. So yeah, absolutely. Your medium comes first, but that decision's based on your audience. Great. And Adam, Back to the outbound piece that I know you're largely connected with. How does content fit within an outbound strategy? You mentioned that even with your role, from an outbound perspective, that's where you're trying to drive content mm -hmm. and start up some of those campaigns. So how does content fit within some of the, the outbound campaigns that you're doing? How do you determine what to use and when? How does that actually work? Oh, man, that's just a... a call you have to make as a good marketer and if you're a writer it helps because you have your context muscle is strong i think we're seeing a lot of stuff right now that's off-putting to us in advertising because everyone sounds the same or they're suddenly moral in ways that we haven't thought about a napkin brand being or having anything to say so you do want to be cautious about when you speak up and and what you have to say but that's just your call. As far as the way content fits into the outbound model, ignoring the 
society as it is right now, so speaking more broadly, I would say that it's going to continue to be more and more targeted. And the way it's going to connect to content that's more evergreen, like how-tos, is going to be more targeted. When you reach out to a certain ideal customer profile, you need to speak directly to that person. When I'm talking to a salesperson, I don't need to say salesperson, I need to say an SDR. You're doing a different job than an AE, right? So I, I even need to get that targeted. Your VP of sales, she's doing a different job than your AEs and your SDRs. So I need to speak directly to those people and tell them the value. And then I should have evergreen content on my site that speaks directly to that uh, person as well. So I would just say the more targeted it is, continue to deliver targeted content once they're in your funnel. Got it. And Adam, how's your team managing the, the content development process now with a lot of moving parts? Do you have a tool that generates and keeps an inventory of ideas and do you develop priorities from there? Like how is content managed really? Yeah, so myself and another content marketer have a calendar, uh, just a Google calendar for blog releases and uh, like employee highlights, stuff on social. We do have tools like Sprout that we use for social. We have tools like Airtable where we keep up with all the marketing endeavors. I personally really like Trello. That's just one I use in my personal life. To I'm a creative writer also, so that's how I keep up with my own projects because I can really see them clearly. But Airtable has the same functions and displays. Th those are the tools that we really rely on to get our work done in marketing, I would say. But my advice with recent developments is what we're doing anyway. I don't know if I'll call it advice. I'll tell you what we're doing is in our marketing department at Calendly, we're trying to finish what we started. So we already had a map and a direction charted for this quarter and, and Q2, and we're going to try to march in that direction as much as we can and complete those things. But we're also, like everyone is, pivoting to offer specific things uh, related to, to COVID. We're trying to make an effort to give educators and teachers materials they might need to learn how to use new tools like Calendly specifically. Yeah, that's a good point. We've seen some folks discuss that on the podcast just about pivoting and adapting to the, the situation with everyone's world changing quite a bit. So what is the approach uh, for you all from a content perspective Maybe this quarter was different. I think this quarter has been different for everyone. But, you know, what's some of the things that you typically do you set out like a calendar for the quarter? Or are there some of those objectives that you're looking to outline even further out? What does the planning process look like there? And, and then how much room do you leave for kind of some flexible content? If things do come up sporadically that you might need to address quicker, what does that look like? Yeah, so I'd leave plenty of room for sporadic content because that's how um, it, it happens to the marketing department, just to be frank. Almost anywhere you go, people come to marketing and they need something yesterday, and that's okay. We, we try to account for that and accommodate that. The way I handle it is when it comes to things like blog or social posting is you, you pick a topic, let's call it an employee spotlight or a feature release, and then you set a cadence for that thing. So I'm going to do an employee spotlight every two weeks. And even if I don't have those queued up, I know they're due. 
And then the way I handle larger marketing endeavors, more high level is yes, by the quarter. It served me well in my career to promise one big thing a quarter and do it. Because three months isn't as much time as you think it is. If your competency is product marketing, say, here's a big integration I want to bet on and build those relationships over those three months and pitch that idea. If it's brand and you want to introduce a tertiary color because you've got some really good data that tells you people will respond better and it'll differentiate you from your competition, invest in that idea and do that in a quarter. And if you're like me and you're on over comms and PR and that sort of thing, say, I'm going to appear on X podcasts or I'm going to make X videos to accomplish this goal and just do it. Just make one big promise and you can deliver it in three months. Yeah, I love that. And we utilize a similar framework at Motion. We call them rocks. They're basically quarterly objectives. And yeah, it's very similar in that you're really just trying to have a big impact. But that might just be, like you said, one or two things that you need to chip away throughout the quarter. Like you said, three months flies by, but at the same time, it's an, it's enough time that you can really get anything done. A lot of folks, when they set those annual goals every year, it's, oh, I have plenty of time to do all of this. And then you, you find yourself in that last quarter scrambling because you weren't able to chip away at things. Yeah, it's a very good approach to that the major pillar content to do that on a quarterly basis and then leave room for some of the more the things that need to be produced quicker in from all directions. Yeah. You do need to have some time for that because you need to be responsive as a marketing team. I like the concept of the the rock though. That's good. That's something you move a little bit every day, but it's a big bet because that's something that if you get it to the top of a hill and push it down the next hill, that's really going to work in your favor. You got all that inertia. That's right. And it's a very yes or no thing. It's very clear as to whether it was accomplished or not. Right. And that's important, too, is at the beginning of the quarter, make it very clear as to uh, what it looks like if it's done. When we work with our teams, okay, at the end of the quarter, this is what the objective of that rock is. And then this is how we know it's done. It's very measurable, whether that's X number of podcasts or if it's a, a deliverable ebook, white paper, a video series, whatever it is, you have to clearly define it. And then at the end of the quarter, it's yes, I did it or no, I didn't. And it's not like you had 10 things and you did eight out of 10. It's one big one and it's either done or not. So it's you're 0 for 1 or you're batting 1,000. So that's the, the issue there. It's good for accountability. Exactly. Yeah, so to continue that metaphor, if if you're looking to move up in your own company, is own a rock. Figure out what a rock is and own that. Yeah, very good. And let's talk, and Adam, you've mentioned video quite a bit as a big initiative there. So can you talk through what that process looks like in, internally? Do you have folks that are doing video content or kind of what is that process consist of because a lot of marketers they have writers in-house and um, comfortable in that medium but then sometimes video gets a little confusing so how are you all managing that sure that's a really fair question i would say we're very lucky at calendly we have some folks that are really good writers here when it comes to scripting things we have some muscles behind that but to, to speak to your audience who's maybe just dipping their toe in the waters of video I would say just figure out if even if you have to steal from your 
and this might be blasphemy in, in marketing these days, but even if you have to steal from your paid search budget a little bit, take four or five thousand dollars or two or three thousand dollars and make a few videos. Find the person at your comfort at your company who's most comfortable on camera, who that person is right away. Figure out the person who can write a script, who that is right away, and make just sample videos. The way I would tell you to do that on a shoestring budget is to have one videographer, ideally two cameras, and have that person edit it. If you need a separate person for motion graphics, I would spend up to a quarter of my budget on that really improves the just the look of a low-budget video. So you're going to get more production value if you add motion graphics to a video. So I would encourage people to like just try with the talents you have around you. You probably do have someone who's pretty good at writing. You probably do have someone who's more comfortable on camera than others. Maybe that person's the same person, but if not, just ask those people if they'd be willing to do it and be willing to put a little budget out there to try something new. Yeah, I love that mindset because unfortunately with video, a lot of times what we'll see is folks have this, you know, one video they want to create, put budget to it, but then there's so much pressure on that piece of content where I I like what you're saying where, look, just get some material out there, go through the exercise, spend uh, a certain amount on it, sure, but you you need to get someone on camera. You need to go through the the process, the workflow, see what works, what didn't, and constantly iterate from there. And and I think that is the one challenge with video, where the pricing, depending on what your internal resources look like, if you bring in someone from the outside, price point can be a little painful. So then there's a lot of pressure on that deliverable. That's and, a really good point. But to our earlier conversation. If you're betting on video, you can spin off four or five other pieces of content. $2,000 or $10,000 doesn't hurt as bad when you're getting 12 pieces of content. Right. And we tend to think that I'm making this video. Well, you're making this video and a transcript of this video and a blog about this video. And you're doing thought leadership because you're going to share clips of this video. You're doing a lot more than the one deliverable that's laid out on the contract. That's right. Yep. Good point there. And so, Adam, we're coming up on, on our time here, but I had one one last question there. I was interested in your, your perspective. What perhaps has been your your biggest surprise so far uh, at your time at Calendly? Something that worked out really well that or it was easier than what you thought? And then on the flip side, what's something that's maybe been a bigger challenge than, than what you thought? The thing that's... All right, and Adam, lastly, uh, where should people go to learn more about you and Calendly? Awesome. Well, Adam, thanks again. I really appreciate you spending some time with me today. It was great having you on Tech Qualified. All right. Thanks. Really paid off. And a bet you make when you join any company is the executive team. 
because you're betting on personalities almost. And so yeah. I was very lucky to be able to interview with my CEO when um, I joined Calendly and that just what we've seen in the last few months, that the fact that they, the executives bet on these integrations with companies like Zoom shows me that they were, they had the foresight to prepare for five years, eight years down the road and tech just made that leap circumstantially. So something that's paid off really well is trusting uh, the leadership here at Calendly. A thing that's tough personally is we're still a small company relatively. I think when I first interviewed at Calendly, I assumed it was between 500 and 1,000 people. And I was hired in January and I was employee number 101. I was 101st Dalmatian here. So I think we're still feeling things where people and customers are expecting us to act like we have 5,000 employees, but there's 150 of us. We can't solve every problem customers want as, as quickly as we want. That's just part of growing pains, and, and it's a good problem to have, to be frank. Yeah, definitely. Good, Adam, thanks for that. And yeah, lastly, where should, where should folks go to learn more about yourself and Calendly? If anyone wants to learn about Calendly, they can go to Calendly.com, and I would encourage anyone, whether they're just starting their professional career and being onboarded for work-from-home situation, or if you're a consultant who's really deep into your career, you can really improve your productivity by using Calendly. So you can create a Calendly at Calendly.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn slash, LinkedIn.com slash N slash Adam C. Lambert. So you can find me there. I'll be happy to get some requests from being on this show and I hope you all create a Calendly. All right. Awesome. Adam, thanks again. I really appreciate you spending some time with me today. It was great having you on Tech Qualified. It was great speaking to you, Tristan. Take care, man. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us on this episode of Tech Qualified. If you're looking to generate engaging conversations with your ideal customer profile, while also positioning your tech as a choice in the marketplace, then access Motion's ultimate thought leadership course for B2B tech companies. The online course provides a complete step-by-step process required to establish a thought leadership program using a podcast or video series. Get free immediate access today by visiting motionagency.io slash access.